We are going to continue our series called Seeds. I was in, uh, well, coming back from Colorado last weekend. How many of you guys were here last weekend? And Ben, didn't he do such a great job last week? Yeah, he was, was awesome. I was like, man, I guess I'm going to have to retire now after that. I don't know, but it was, it was good. It was good. And when you're in Colorado and you're in the mountains, what do you do? You got to climb mountains, right? So we were out there, you know, doing the best we could to climb mountains. And I don't know if you guys have ever been out to the Rocky Mountain National Park area, but there's several different trails and mountains that I've climbed out there and different, different paths I've been on. But there was one this time that I'd never been on before. And some of you guys may have been on this one before. This is called Bible Point. Has anybody ever climbed up Bible Point? Hey, wow, somebody, amen, amen. We'll take that. Well, what's cool about this, this trail is it's like straight up almost. I mean, it's like you're winding around this place, and it's got an epic views. Yeah, there's a view. There's my daughter, Shaylin, looking at one of the, the views there. It's just incredible once you get up there. But as you're going up to Bible Point, it has these stations, like these lookout stations. And as you're going up, it's got these, these plaques and scriptures on it like declaring the heavens and the beauty of God. And so you're, you're supposed to take a moment as you stop just to ponder, you know, how good God is, how big God is, how, you know, amazing God's creation is. And you get up to the top, and it's, it's like, I mean, you're working to get up there, but you get up to the top, and you get these amazing, amazing views. And uh, my, my three-week-old granddaughter was actually carried up with us, so she made it up to that top of that. And then when you get up to the top, like, it's just this epic view but then there's also a dead guy there. Like, there's some guy buried there, and not like, I mean, not fresh dead, but he's, it's got a plaque. I mean, you can go up and you can see, like, oh, this was his favorite spot, and so they just brought him up there, and they put him up there. And uh, so you can see that, too, as well. But we climbed several other things. One of my favorite areas is the Bear Lake area, if you've ever been out there. And so we went and we did that. We climbed some trails off of Bear Lake and stuff. And we were out shopping afterwards, and we saw this sign in uh, one of the shops. And it has, it's like one of these trail marker signs. You guys have been out there, you've seen these things. So Bear Lake, it's this way, 256 feet away, Dream Lake, and you can go on. And so we thought, oh, that was so cool, and, and I went on, you know, and just thought, oh, man, that was, that was an awesome thing, and then my kids secretly bought this for me for my birthday, and so this is so cool, I'm going to hang this up in my house, but as, as I was thinking about that, I was like, man, the, these trails, the, this, this sign is pointing you to a trail, and once you get on the trail, it's taken you someplace. And so we actually did. We hiked up to Dream Lake. A few of us hiked up to Dream Lake. Because why? Because we got on this trail and we started to follow the trail. And the trail took us someplace. I know, revelation, right? Big revelation, right? The trail has taken you someplace. The trails are designed to take you someplace. Well, the Bible talks about things like that. The Bible actually says that our words are like that. That our words are taking us places, that you can start on a path with your words and there's a destination. That your words are like prophetic signposts that when you start to use them, they're actually directing you into destination according to Scripture. And they're determining your future even according to the Bible. So we can look at a famous passage of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 18. I'm going to back up one verse that we don't normally read with it, but it goes together. And I'm reading this out of the Amplified Version. It says, A man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He will be satisfied with the consequence of his words. Now, 
A lot of times we think of consequence as like a bad thing, but you know the consequences are simply the result of. Consequences can be good or bad, right? But it says, your words, there's going to be some fruit that happens as a result of your words. In other words, your words are taking you someplace. And it goes on and it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge in it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Again, good or bad. What is it saying? The Bible's saying that your words are like a prophetic signpost. That when you get on that trail, your words are actually taking you someplace. There is fruit that comes from our words. And I'm going to read it out of the message version because it just gives us another perspective. And it says it this way. Words satisfy the mind as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. What's it saying? It's saying, you got some trails to pick from. That's what it's saying. You got poison trail, fruit trail. You got harvest trail. Like, there's going to be something that happens as a result of the words. And, and so the question is very, very simple. Where are your words taking you right now? Because they are taking all of us on a journey. They're taking all of us somewhere. And our words are going to produce a harvest, whether it's for good or whether it's for bad. Why is that? Because words are powerful. I could say words right now that will produce, that will create a thought inside of you. I can say words right now that will produce an emotion in you right now. Let me just prove it, that I can say a word, just sounds that come from my mouth, that will produce something in you. Chalkboard screeching. I just said words. That's all I said. But how many of you guys, you felt something, right? You like, you, you heard something, you felt something. That's just the power of words. Let me give you another one because I'll give you a better one. Ocean sunset. See, now some of you guys just like, ah, okay. Whew. Those are just words. I'm just saying words. Warm fireplace. Isn't it great? They're just producing words. All right, how about, I'm going to give you another one. Imagine for just a moment sucking on a lemon. What happened? Some of you guys' jaw just tightened up just a little bit with that thought, right? I'll give you another one. How about, this is just universal for us here, right? How about Kansas City barbecue? Come on, somebody. Those are just words. All I did was say sounds out of my mouth, and what happened in you? Boom, memories, thoughts, emotions, feelings, tastes, just from words. Because words are powerful. Words create. Words are tools to exchange ideas. I, and words, even different words have different meanings because words are simply containers for emotions and feelings and thoughts, but they are directional. I can say the word baby, for example, and that means something for somebody. For me, I'm thinking of my, my freshly born granddaughter, and I think about holding her. And my, my grandson more recently, and then all of my kids, I can think back to all of those moments when they were just little. It's beautiful memories. And yet that same container, that same word container, can have pain associated with it for many people. Same word. For others, maybe that word baby takes you back to a point when when maybe when you were a kid and somebody, you know, said, don't be such a baby. And all of a sudden it planted a seed in your heart of rejection, right? 
Same word. It's a word container, but they contain different messages. For others of us, it, maybe it's a term of endearment, like, hey, baby, right? And you're like, that word just brings up these warm feelings. Words are powerful. That's why the, the Bible is, is so big on this. It's saying that words, just like I told you today, just like I said a word, it created an emotion in you, created something in you, it took you someplace. And the Bible says words are so powerful that they are going to take you places and you, you, you better know where they're taking you because they are containers of communication. I, I'm Just speaking of my grandson, I'm amazed about my grandson because he cannot spell words. He doesn't even know word, what words are necessarily. He can't diagram sentences. And yet I'm, I marvel at how when we make these word sounds, it transfers to him things like love, joy, correction, direction, laughter, instant laughter at times. Why? Just, I'm just saying words. He doesn't even understand the concept of it, but yet words are so powerful that he doesn't have to. And what I'm saying is that there's something at a deep, deep level in each one of us that it doesn't matter how much we grow up. It doesn't matter how educated we get or sophisticated we get that that very idea, that power of words that happens even when, us, when we don't even know what words or languages are, that very power of words, it sticks with us as we grow so that even now words still have power at that very deep level on the inside of us because they're just so powerful. And so there's power in our words. So we better figure out where our words are taking us. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to have something a little special happen today. I'm going to have my wife come and help talk about the power of words. Give her a big hand as she comes up and shares. Yeah, so I wanted to share a story with you guys of a word that had the power to maybe change and redirect my life completely. And God totally redeemed that word. So I was a very, very, very sheltered little girl that went from K to sixth grade at a super small Christian school. But um, when I ended seventh grade, into seventh grade, I was transferred to a rural public school. And in seventh grade, there was this boy there in my same class who was, had been held back several years. So he was very, very old seventh grader. And I was the youngest kid in my class. I was 11 going into seventh grade. And... Um, like I said, rural school, he was just from kind of the horrible, you know, kind of poor part of town, really, really bad life. He was a bully. He was mean. He was, um, I, don't, I don't think I need to explain this kind of kid to you. You guys all know kind of what I'm talking about. But he was the kind of kid, I don't know if you can sense when you can tell that somebody just doesn't care. You know, they don't care if they get in trouble. They're, 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 they're like on the edge, you know? And there were incidents that would happen. I would tell my dad. My dad would immediately go to the principal. This kid would get in trouble. Anyway, long story short, I became, I became to be very scared of this guy. Um, I was aware if he was in any of my classes, I would look to see where he was. And he was, his name became poison to me. Like if I would hear his name, I would tense. You know, has anybody had that experience before? Like even just the name. And I would hear it, and immediately all these reactions would happen in my body and in my mind. And so, but God began to walk me through this process of healing. Because God didn't want that name to be poison to me. God didn't want that name to take me on a certain path. Because that kid's name was Sean. Um, and it, 
That's the, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. Uh, different guy. <laughs> um, different Sean. But it, God led me on a healing process so complete that by the time six years went by, by the time I'm 17 and I met this Sean, I don't even think I remembered the first John. So there wasn't any kind of reaction in me at all. But if I had held on to that, if I had nursed it, that might have changed something. But it was so complete, the, the, the redemption, the healing was so complete that when we had our first child, when we had our son, I was the one that was like, let's call him Sean. Let's call him Sean, you know, after you. And so it's like this name that was such a, a holder, a container of fear for me, became like my favorite name in the whole world. Um, and so I just want, I want to give you guys some hope because there might be a word in you that creates an emotion, creates fear, creates uh, depression even. God can redeem that word. Just give that word to God and walk on that path of healing. You know, Proverbs 15, 23 says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. So things will come at you. You have to answer them. And all of us do answer them one way or another. And I just want to challenge you, answer them in such a way that brings joy. Answer them in such a way that agrees with God. Amen? Yeah, I'm not the guy, so I'm not the guy. But, but it just shows you the power. If we don't deal with some things, if we don't set a trajectory or allow God to redeem certain things, our words will have power that will actually set a direction in our life. They could totally alter our life. So there was a, a phrase I heard a long time ago when I was a youth pastor, and I would tell it to teenagers all the time, and it would go like this. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Because who you're around, it's going to take you someplace. So let me just reword that a little bit to kind of line up with what we're talking about. Show me your words, and I'll show you your future. If you have a transcript of, this, of all your words last week, how many of you guys would like some of them back, maybe, right? Because if that actually is our future, man, I would like to alter some things and maybe edit some things. Because words are so powerful. I want you to think about how powerful they are. Everything that you see, that you touch, was created by words. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis. What, what happened? God spoke and the worlds were formed. So everything, the chair you're sitting on, everything was created by the words of God. Look at this, Psalm chapter 33, verse 6. It says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. He gathers the water of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him, for he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. What's the, what's the principle here? Words are connected to worlds. Your words are creating the world that you live in right now. Your words are creating some things right now. You're building your world by the words that you speak. They are indicators, and I would say predictors, of the trajectory on which you are going on. They, they be, can very easily become self-fulfilling prophecies. If you are always talking about negative things, what's going to happen? You are going to experience a negative life. It's just very, very simple, but it's so true. And so our words are taking us someplace. Let me tell you how powerful words are. Words are so powerful that they are actually connected to the process of us actually becoming saved and following Jesus. 
What does it say in the book of Romans? It says, believe in your heart and what? Confess with your mouth. When you're confessing that Jesus is Lord with your mouth as that part of surrendering to God, what's happening? You are, you are saying words that are directing your eternal future. Because your words are powerful. They're so powerful. And so if you're kind of evaluating this right now and saying, man, if, if there's any truth to this at all, if it's kind of like an indicator of where I'm going, I'd like to change that just a little bit if my words are connected to my future. It, the good news is if you don't like where your words are going and taking you, you can change it, right? That's the good news. Well, how do you do that, though? All right, so show me your words. I'll show you your future. Let me say another saying uh, to kind of put with this. Show me your heart and I'll show you your words. So if you want to start to change this, we have to take it to a deeper level. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasure of his it produces evil. And here's a very famous scripture. For out of the abundance of the heart, what's in your heart, it's saying, is going to come out of your heart. It's going to come out of your mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So show me your heart and I'll show you your words. So if you want to start to change some of this, you have to go to the level deeper. You have to go to your heart. Another interesting thing that happened while we were in Colorado, I was driving my truck around, and all of a sudden I had the infamous engine light come on. Now, this, this, I was like, man, there's not very many miles on this truck. That's not, like, why is this happening? I get a code that says something about the automatic transmission, all this other stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? I'm out here in Colorado, and so I start Googling it and, like, trying to figure it out. And I'm not a mechanic. My, I grew up, my dad was a carpenter. We, we grew up doing framing houses and stuff. And so my dad would try to fix a car using a hammer, just hitting on it and stuff. And so I don't know a lot. And so, but I, as I was searching for this, somebody said, you know, the weird thing was when I got that same message, I got that message, I, I looked under the hood and my oil cap was missing. And I got a new oil cap and it fixed everything. And I was like, well, I'm at least going to look. And I look, and sure enough, my oil cap's gone for whatever reason. So I bought a new oil cap, put it on. Eventually, the light went away. And I was like, okay, that was really, really strange. But I was thinking about that later, and I thought, you know, that engine light on my dashboard, it wasn't telling me that there was something wrong with my dashboard that needed to be fixed. It was telling me there was something much deeper that needed to be fixed. And so our words are not just telling us that there's something about our words that need to be fixed. What it's our words are simply warning lights telling us that there's something deeper that needs to be fixed. And it could be directly or indirectly connected, like indirectly, like my oil cap, that seems nothing to do with the actual message. But the fact is, it wasn't telling me that my dashboard was broken. It was telling me something else was. And so with our words, the words that are coming out of your mouth, it's not just saying you're you've got the wrong words. It's saying there's something deeper that needs to be fixed in your heart. There's some sort of inner conversation going on in your heart that needs to be fixed. Have you guys ever been alone long enough where you start talking to yourself out loud? Or maybe you don't need that. Maybe you do that all the time. I, I found this out on my sabbatical, my first sabbatical in 2018. I was by myself without any people. And before long... You know, I was thinking things, like I was having a little conversation with myself for a while, and then pretty soon I realized I'm having this conversation out loud now. Like, that's really weird. You know, and I also found out that if left to myself, I became very strangely systematic with things, and I would just have everything in a certain order. And I was like, this isn't good. Like, I, I would go to weird places if I was all by myself. But the truth is, 
that every single one of us has an inner conversation going on. We're all talking to ourselves. The question is, what's that conversation like? And if that conversation on the inside, if it doesn't point us to have the thoughts that Jesus would have about ourselves, it's the wrong conversation. If it doesn't point us to have the thoughts that Jesus would have about other people, we're having the wrong conversation in our heart. If it doesn't point us to having the thoughts that Jesus would have towards the information we're getting on the news, then we are having the wrong conversation on the inside. And so I would challenge us to challenge our inner conversations. Don't just assume that they're, that they're just, they don't matter. They do matter. They, because the Bible says what's in you, that inner conversation inside of you, will one day, someday, somehow come out of you. You, all of us have a narrative going on on the inside about other people, about maybe our spouse or about the church or about the, the news of the day. We've got an inner narrative going on. And we all assume that we're right in the narrative. What I'm saying is challenge the inner narrative with the word of God and see if it lines up with what Jesus would say. Because we want what our, if you want our mouth to say what Jesus would say, then you have to have your heart say what Jesus would say. Show me your your heart and I'll show you your words. All right, one more time. Let's have Becca come back up. She's going to share one more story. Yeah, so Sean was telling me his notes and he was talking about this particular point and he's like, do you have something you want to share or you feel like God is asking you to share? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to get up here. I'm going to be like, you guys, I did this really great thing. It made me look really smart, really awesome, but that's never what God asked. God always wants me to share with you guys the most awful parts of me. So um, we have this dog. He, you've heard some stories about him before. He's a German short-haired pointer. It's the one time that we haven't researched a dog breed before we purchased a dog, and we, we have regretted it for nine years, ever buying this dog. Um, he is crazy. He's energetic. We do not have the energy level to match him, and he's unmanageable, and we've made some mistakes when he was a puppy. Anyway, he's just nuts. And when my daughter has to go to work early four times a week, I'm the one that takes care of this dog. So I'll have to put him on a leash and walk him around. And I've got him on a leash. I've got water. I've got dog food. And he's just not, you know, he can't walk anywhere. He has to, like, dart all over the place. I'm spilling water all over myself. I'm, dog food's getting, and anyway, I developed this habit, I guess, of just berating this dog the whole time we're outside. I mean, I never cussed, but <laughs> verbally abusing this dog. And, and I, know, <laughs> I know it sounds funny for me to say it, but I really mean it. Like, I said some things I wouldn't want any of you to hear. You know, I mean, he's just, he's going all around, and I'm calling him all kinds of names, and that you stupid dog, and you just, I mean, and just over and over and over again. And um, I was going through some things, and I was praying while I'm berating this dog. I don't know how I even did that. But I'm, I'm praying, and I'm like, God, I don't even know where to begin with this situation. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to start. And clear as day, I heard God say, why don't you start with being kind to this dog? And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And it was one of those times when I knew it was God, because that, that was not in my head, to start being kind to this dog. And so I stopped, I stopped talking, and I took care of the dog, and then I just started thinking about what God had said. And um, 
I wanted to tell you guys, you know, because I'm really, I have a soft heart towards animals and, you know, when I am going through something, I try for the most part to not take it out on my kids or on my husband. I, so I wanted to tell you guys, this is the only time that I have done that, but it's not true. It's drivers on the road too. Anybody else? Somebody on the road? They can't hear me, so it's okay, right? So anyway, um, so I started thinking about this. I started thinking about all the stuff that was coming out of my mouth towards this dog. And God said, God cares about animals, but he was getting, trying to get to my heart. And he was saying, that's a warning light. Will you listen for a minute at what is coming out of your mouth? It's a warning light. It's an indicator of something going on, something that you need to fix. And I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I kind of argued with him a little bit. You know, I'm like, this dog doesn't know what I'm saying. And... I'm not taking it out of my kids or my husband, but he just kept working on me and working on me and working on me. And so, you know, it says that for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I want to challenge you, listen. Step back for a minute and listen about what you're saying to the people around you or to the things around you. What are you saying? How, how are you saying it? Um, and challenge that inver inner conversation. You know, it could be a sign for me that uh, those words that were coming out of me toward our dog, it was a sign that I was not handling things correctly in life. I wasn't handling that stress. I wasn't handling those emotions. I was, I was bottling it up, and it was coming out towards this poor dog. Um, for you, it might be an indication that you're not surrendering something to God. Uh, I know another, I've already talked with you guys about it before, but I've always had, had trouble with using my words to manipulate a situation. I'm going to say it this way so that you think this thing about me and this situation, I am going to say a lot of words and I'm going to say them really fast so that you believe me that I'm right and that I'm good and it's the other person's fault. So, you know, are you using your words as a tool to manipulate? Are you using your words as a weapon to punish somebody? You know, instead of just saying something, you're going to say it like that to really give them that zinger, you know? So, you know, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Listen. If you can, step outside of yourself for a day, for a week, and just listen to what you're saying. And if it's an indicator, like if it's a warning, then heed that warning, and God will help you. Sometimes you have to control your tongue, right? Sometimes you have to, the Bible talks about controlling your tongue. How much better would it be if you didn't have to because what's in your heart was already right? It's like with sin. Like, sometimes you have to stop yourself from sinning, but how much better is it to not have the desire to sin at all? That's what true, where true freedom is. And you don't get there just by controlling your words. You get there by starting to deal with your heart. So show me your heart and I'll show you your future. How, how, do, how do you have that kind of freedom, though? Well, there's one more level. Show me your source, and I'll show you your heart. Because our heart is getting fed by something. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, that's the completeness of a person, of both joints and marrow. That's the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. What's this saying? There's something deeper than your heart. There's something deeper than your heart. Your heart 
it, it is being fed by something. It's like an underground spring. And that spring could be poison or it could be wonderful. But it's being something is pouring into your heart. It could be a good source coming into your heart or it could be a bad source coming into your heart. That's why, you know, there's this mantra in the world that just says, follow your heart. Listen, as believers, we don't follow our heart. We lead our heart. Because your heart is going to be searching for all different things. Your heart is going to search for all different things to plug into as a source. You better make sure that you find the right one. Because your heart is getting fed somewhere, somehow, right now. And I'm not going to list all the possibilities. You guys can probably think of some of them right now, of where your heart might be getting fed from. And so the Bible says in Psalms chapter 19, verse 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Do you ever feel like that's not happening? <laughs> like the words of my mouth are not acceptable. And I'm looking at my heart and the meditation of my heart is not acceptable either. What, why is that happening? It's because the source that our heart is connected to is not the right source. You ever, you ever try to, you, know, you might come into an environment like this and you're trying to praise God, but your circumstances are bad maybe, or maybe you're going through a bad day, you had a bad fight or something happened, you know, that uh, is a horrible you know, thing in your life. And you ever feel fake trying to praise God when something bad is going on in life? Anybody ever feel that way? I, I have. Like, I'm trying to, I'm just making this, like, this isn't real. How can this be real? I'm like praising God when I know my life isn't good and I don't feel like I have anything to praise him for. How can I do that with integrity? How can you praise God genuinely and authentically when there's bad stuff going on in your life and it be authentic praise? Well, let me just use this illustration that I, I saw several years ago. And I was talking, I was preaching on joy about three years ago. And I, and I saw this illustration. Let's see if I can do this here. With, it's kind of hard with one hand. It's got these little straws. These are... Uh, I had one of these last night, and it was, it was actually really good, guys. It's high C, torrential tropical punch, and it's only 40 calories. There's only about two and a half drinks in there, but it's, it's actually really good. And so if we just use this as an illustration, on the inside of this container is some wonderful tropical punch juice that we will call the joy of the Lord, Okay. It's equivalent for today. But see, I've got to get, there are times in my life where, you know, I'm getting the joy of the Lord here. It's actually really good. But I end up having most of my contact is with this straw. And this straw can represent things like circumstances in our life. It can be good days, bad days. It could be good things, bad things. It could be family, it could be spouse, it could be, how do you guys know that, I mean, this could be the mountains in Colorado, because sometimes the joy of the Lord comes through the mountains, right, if you guys have ever been there before, like legitimately, you can experience things of God, like through people, and through experiences, and all that type of stuff, well, the problem is that we end up only having, whoops, we're going to clean that up later, uh, we end up having so much contact with this straw that we begin to think, maybe without even realizing it, that the joy that we're experiencing has to do with the straw. And so then all of a sudden when the 
the straw maybe gets pulled out and we're, now there's nothing there. Now we're, now we're mad at the straw. Like you're supposed to be my source of joy. Where's the joy? Where's the joy, spouse? Where's the joy, season of life? Where's the joy, work? Where's the joy? You used to bring me joy, but you don't bring me joy anymore. Does anybody see where this is going? See, because these things here, the straw, it may be where at times the joy of the Lord flows through, but it is not where the joy of the Lord comes from. It's the same with the presence of God. There are times when we can have experiences or things like that where the presence of God. And so what happens is if we're not plugged into the right source, we're not going to experience the presence of God. We're not going to experience the joy of God. But when you come back, and it's not about the straw, by the way. You can, have, you can still have a good day or a bad day, and as long as you're plugged into the source, the presence of God can still flow through that good or bad day. And you can have the, the presence of God that's in that container. The same presence of God that's in that container can then be in your mouth and in your stomach and enjoying that because it's the same on both sides sides. It's the same on either side of the circumstance. And so the reason you can praise God authentically if you're plugged into the right source is because it doesn't matter what kind of straw you've got. It's not about the straw. It's about the presence of God. And so you can praise God authentically because when your source is constant, the circumstances don't have to be for you to authentically and genuinely offer praise to God. Because you're not, you're not your, your praise is not coming from your circumstances. It's coming from something deeper. It's coming from something deeper than your words. It's coming from something deeper than your heart. It's coming from the Jesus well, because that's where your source is. See, when your source is constant, your circumstances in your marriage, we've got a marriage thing coming up at the end of second service, but when your source is constant, when you're plugged in, the circumstances in your marriage don't have to be for you to have genuine love for your spouse. Why? Because it's not your love, it's Jesus' love coming through you to your spouse. But you can't do that if you're not plugged into the source. You just can't. You're going to run out very, very quickly if you're not plugged into the source. But I'm telling you, if you're plugged into the source... It does not make you a fake or a fraud to be able to genuinely love someone even if circumstances are bad because it's not your love anyway. It's Jesus' love coming through you. So we're getting ready to wrap up. Have you guys ever heard this statement, though? Like, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all, right? How many of you guys whole years of your life would be silent? Like, I can think of certain years. My whole, like, there's, just black it out, right? Just black it out. Yeah, because... There, the Bible says that even in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, speak only what is to build up for good. Boy, that is hard, right? So may, maybe some of us need to go extreme. And just, let me just give you a short challenge, like just 24 hours. 24 hours, go on a negative word fast. Like I'm going to fast any negative words. I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just not going to speak any negative words. You might have to put a reminder every minute on your phone just to pop up. And like, don't say anything stupid, you know? And just look back and just take that time to work on your heart and to plug your heart into the source. As the worship team comes back up, let me read one more scripture. Psalm chapter 34, verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord when? At all times. 
when the straw is good or bad. <laughs> All times. How can you do that? Plugged into the source. His praise shall what? Continually be in my mouth. How can you do that? Only if it's plugged into the source. Not if it's plugged into something else. And with your words, you can either tear down or build up the work of God in your life. Why? Because your words, they're taking you somewhere, but words are just indicators of something that's going on in your heart. But if you can get the source right, then what's happening, your heart becomes right, and then what's in your heart is eventually gonna come out of your heart and start setting the direction of your life. There are people around you right now that are waiting for your words. There are people around, have you guys ever had somebody speak a powerful word into your life, a life-giving word? That only happened because they were plugged into the source that produced something in their heart that overflowed out of their mouth and into your life. And so right now, we're just gonna practice this. We're gonna bless the Lord at all times. And maybe you came in and your straw was outside the box today. We're gonna plug it into the box during this last song and we're gonna plug it into the source. And it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having, doesn't matter what kind of season you're in, doesn't matter how bad or good it is. If you're plugged into the source right now, you can authentically bless the Lord right now because it's the praise of God that's coming to you, flowing through you, back to Him. So would you stand up with me as we do this? Lord, we, we surrender to you, as Becca said, we surrender this to you. We want the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart to be pleasing to you. And so right now, we plug our life back into the source. Plug our heart back into the source. Would you clean up anything in our heart that needs to be cleaned up or getting, got rid of so that what's in us would be Jesus stuff that comes out of us, kingdom stuff, presence of God stuff, healing stuff that comes out of us and praise to you in Jesus' name, amen.